According to Glassdoor, on average, each corporate job opening attracts 250 resumes. Of these candidates, four to six will be called for an interview and only one will be offered a job. The question is, how do you become the one? In this episode, we will share our thoughts on resumes and interviews to help you become the one that receives the job offer. Hello and welcome listeners to Send Me Your Resume podcast. Send Me Your Resume is a podcast for individuals progressing through their career journey and looking for more insight to help them navigate today's job market. Today, we are speaking on a really, really good topic, which consists of resumes and interviewing. Those are probably the two most frequent things we get asked uh, whenever we are out meeting with uh, different candidates at fairs, at presentations, classroom presentations, or um, holding info sessions. Everyone wants to know, how can I put together the perfect resume, or can I really nail the interview? So that's what we hope to dive into into today. Um, I have with me my colleagues, uh, Michelle Michelle Crowd. Hello, Michelle. How are you hi, doing? Hi, I'm glad to be here. Resume writing and interviewing tips is something that I am very passionate about, and I've seen a lot of resumes, and so I have some experience on what things look good on resumes and what things might not look so good on resumes. Um, You know, recruiters only scan uh, resumes for a number of seconds. So there's a certain amount of things that you want to do to make sure your resume is really standing out and a few things that you want to avoid. So excited to share my expertise on resumes. And I also do have uh, quite a lot of experience interviewing entry-level candidates as well. Awesome. Awesome. And we have Hayden. More joining us as well. Yeah. Hayden, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Just back off of leave. I'm doing well. Fresh off of paternity leave. So I am sleep deprived. If I say anything or that is weird, I get to blame it on that. So I'm really excited. Uh, I get a free pass this episode. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm excited about this topic. We all um, we all have resumes. We've all um, had those interviews that wish could have gone better or i i do um i've had interviews that um yeah i feel like i could have that i've gotten rejected from and so uh i we can all we can all grow you know and so i'm excited to share you know some things that that uh, we might have learned along the way so right absolutely i'm right there with you hayden i, I definitely have a couple of interviews that I wish I could get back just based off of my performance and, and feelings of it afterwards. So really that's how I kind of want to steer our discussion now is, is personally, does either one of you remember either your first interview or putting together your first resume and kind of what were your feelings about it, thought, thought process? Did you have any training, help with it? Just, just kind of share some insight. How was the the first step for you when it came to putting together your resume and your first interview? 
Uh, Michelle, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So it's interesting now that I have several years of experience in the talent acquisition professional, how much um, I know now as compared to uh, what I didn't know back when I was starting my career search. So I think, um, you know, being in my position, I've gotten the unique opportunity to see a lot of resumes and see um, and learn what has worked for other people and take that and incorporate that into my own uh, resume in my own interviewing. But if I were to look back on my first resume and also looking back on my first interviews, I think uh, the biggest piece of advice I would have given myself is um, get second opinions on things. Um, On my resume, I just thought that I was a good communicator. I thought that I knew what I was doing. I found a template online. I thought it was great. I went back and looked at my first resume a while ago and it was atrocious. So um, it's always helpful. I know a lot of schools have career services. That's gonna be super beneficial. Take advantages of their services um, on your resumes. Um, As well as if you have any peers, it's helpful to get another perspective outside of just career services. Um, And in regards to interviewing, I think uh, when I first started interviewing, I lacked a lot of confidence. Um, And so that was definitely something that over time I had to work on um, and that took practice. And I have had several interviews like the team was saying that um, they really didn't go so well. Um, But after the interview is over, it's important to kind of evaluate and maybe um, reflect on what didn't go so well on the interview so that next time you can work on that area and kind of be more prepared. So I think as far as interviewing goes, one piece of advice that's really helped me is just practicing as much as possible. They're practicing with yourself, practicing with family members, friends. Um, The more that you have exposure to those type of questions, um, behavioral based uh, questions in particular are going to, that's going to be very helpful for you um, as you begin interviewing. Because I know I had several interviews um, when I was um, in a job search situation that the first maybe three or four really didn't go great. But then by the time that I got to the fifth interview, I felt very confident and much more comfortable. So I think in this situation, practice uh, does really help to kind of make perfect. Yeah, I agree with you, Michelle. My experience was the same whenever I put together my first resume. I think I actually used one of the Microsoft Word templates. Uh, I don't even know if they do that anymore, include templates for resumes, but that's basically what I use and kind of just plug and plug in and play uh, with different experiences and things like that based on the template that was provided for me. So not a whole lot of experience with putting together a resume. Um, definitely wish I would have sought out some feedback from peers and, and family members just to kind of get some 360 feedback on what a resume should look like and have them take a look at it before I started to send it out. I think most of it was a couple things, fear. You know, I didn't want to receive any type of criticism from any of my peers regarding my resume. And then I was a little lazy as well. I didn't want to go back and redo it either. So. Um, after a while, I kind of saw what I needed to do with the resume uh, once I 
saw other people resumes and started to eventually see feedback from my peers. Um, that really helped out a lot as far as what type of information needed to be included on the resume. And I think a lot of um, the schools do a good job at preparing uh, some of those uh, professionals, young professionals that's getting ready to come out. Uh, they provide them with some really solid templates to help them build out their resumes. And then um, just really at the environment right now, there's so much emphasis put on resumes and it's talked about a lot. I think more and more people are becoming more aware of what their resume should consist of. Um, and with interviewing, yeah, it was just a matter of practice. Um, I think after the, the fifth or sixth one, I really got comfortable, became comfortable and started to answer questions with more confidence. And uh, once I kind of figured out what I could bring to the table and practice that before I went into the interview, that helped me become uh, comfortable as well. But, you know, personally, it, it was rough. It was rocky starting off at first, but and over time, it, it, it definitely got better. Um, what about you, Hayden? Yeah, so um, I kind of followed followed suit with what you were referring to as far as taking a template. However, um, I remember I was in college looking for templates online, and I believe the Microsoft templates that they had at, at the time, um, you actually had to pay for. And so I, I just... I kind of like uh, tried to piece it all together and okay, this font seems, you know, this seems like it should be the way it is. Um, thankfully, you know, I was able to get the job I was looking for. It was just a part-time job as a shuttle driver on campus. Uh, and and I, I loved that job. I, uh, I would wear a suit <laughs> and drive people around. Uh, it was, I, I made the most of that opportunity. Uh, but um yeah, so I think over time, you know, by um, by learning from individuals and taking feedback, and even now as a as a recruiting professional, I'm excited to be able to to share maybe some insights that that I've gained over the years. Because uh, certainly, you know, I'm further along, thankfully, than I was in 2007, and and uh, hopefully can do the same for interviews as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, there are pros and cons for each resumes and interviewing that, you know, you can definitely look at from a, from a different perspective. Um, there are strengths for one. There's limitations for one. Um, for me personally, as I began to work in the talent acquisition space, I developed kind of like a love-hate relationship with resumes because, it doesn't necessarily one allow for you to kind of articulate what your, I guess, potential is, you know, what you can really bring to the table or just kind of like your desire, um, your willingness to learn some of those things that you can't necessarily see or touch or feel. Um, so that's where it kind of limits. Um, but also at the same time, it definitely allows for you to, express and show what you have done in the form of experience you know any type of projects you've been a part of organizations that you've been a part of leadership experience that you've had you can definitely articulate and capture those items on your resume as well so you know for me that's where that love-hate relationship comes from and just kind of some of the limitations that our some of the managers that we have worked with over the years whenever they're looking for those critical 
thinking skills or soft skills, it's, it's really, I would say, tough to try to articulate that on a, a resume. Um, Hayden, did you have yeah, something? Yeah, um, thanks, Rod. And I think what you're referring to is why a lot of individuals get frustrated uh, during the application resume process is that they might have a solid piece, you know, a solid resume that they're proud of. They've worked a long time on, they've gotten some feedback on, and then they are, you know, they, you know, they're feeding it around and just getting no bites, you know, um, applying to job after job after job and just coming up empty. And, and so, I mean, I think we've mentioned this before and, and something that, um, I always recommend is the ability to network and to have a face that goes along with that resume that you're able to provide. Your resume might be legit, but if they don't really know who you are besides this piece of paper, not to say that that doesn't happen, just uh, the networking piece and the being able to provide a face with the name to that piece of paper, it can go a long way in the job search process. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And from my perspective, a well-written resume won't necessarily make you the perfect job applicant. We're still, as a talent acquisition professionals, looking for that right experience and that right fit. But a bad resume will definitely break your experience. So you might have the perfect experience. You might be great, a great fit for a role. But if your resume doesn't really highlight your full potential, then it's just going to be ignored. So definitely keep that in mind when you're preparing your resume. And um, I also have kind of similar advice on uh, interviewing or maybe not even advice, but um, I know personally, I am more introverted. And so I think this kind of goes along with networking is sometimes I, I feel that I struggle, even though I work in recruiting, I struggle to show my full potential in the interview, um, just because I'm a little more um, just, uh, I guess, introverted, like I said. Um, and so I think to Hayden's point, networking is super essential for me because I can build relationships with people over time and they can get to know me outside of the interview. And then maybe at a certain time, they think of me as being someone that might be a good fit for their role. And I already feel more comfortable or I have some type of mutual connection with the team that I'd be interviewing with. And so I don't feel as uh, much pressure and don't feel as nervous. Yeah. And honestly, there are a ton of different resources out there that people can view to prepare them for either creating a resume or for for interviewing. But the trick is being able to apply to your specific situation. And we know that looks different for, for everyone, whether you are uh, an individual that doesn't have any experience at all versus someone that, you know, you have 25 years of professional experience. So, you know, as far as us, talent acquisition professionals, recruiters, uh, we definitely want to provide you all with some, some tips that we have seen just from our perspective. So, you know, this is kind of like some insider information. You know, you've heard the term insider trading before. This is some insider information. So you can't go around and spread this to everybody. You know, this is for you and you only listener. Um, to take this information and hopefully we can help you create the, uh, the better resume and have a, a better interview experience. Um, but uh, for me, when it comes to interviews, 
I think the biggest thing that I've noticed so far is that candidates are just not prepared and it leads to them being nervous. So, you know, once the nerves come into play, it kind of causes a snowfall effect for everything else uh, with their responses to answers and questions. And the nerves just come from lack of uh, preparation. You know, um, I, I think all of us have kind of had that experience where you ask a candidate to tell them a little bit more about, uh, you ask them to tell them, uh, tell you a little bit more about themselves and, you know, they struggle, you know, they have a hard time articulating um, either their background, experience, whatever it may be. Um, and that, from that point on, it kind of just goes downhill after that. And it's just from a lack of nerves, you know, if you were to catch them in a different environment on a street or something like that, maybe the, the experience would be completely different because they are more confident and comfortable with uh, talking about themselves and their experience. So, you know, just trying to prepare yourself as much as possible for the interview is, is you know, a great way to get rid of some of those nerves. Um, I've told people in the past, you know, you can't necessarily prepare for every question that may be tossed out, you know, at you during the interview. It's, it's impossible. Um, so the more you can become just familiar with yourself, your experience, your value, what you can bring to the table, then that is going to prepare you for any question that you're possibly going to come across in the interview. So preparation is huge. Yeah, um, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And if you get an interview with a company, that's definitely a good sign. And chances are you meet a lot of the qualifications that um, that team or that position is kind of looking for. So really, a lot of the interview is just making sure that you're a good fit. Maybe you have some of those transferable soft skills, such as uh, being a team player, having good communication skills, being collaborative, being detailed oriented. Um, so that's a lot of what the interview is looking for. Um, so be prepared for those situational type of questions, which I think we've touched on uh, at earlier shows as well. Um, and also treat the interview as it's an interview for yourself as well. So um, not only are you interviewing uh, for the company, you're also interviewing the company as well to make sure it's a good fit for you. And when I tell myself that, I feel a little more confident um, in myself and I can make it more of a conversational type of interview. And that definitely helps me uh, just feel a little more comfortable uh, within the, the actual interview itself. For sure. You know, yeah, to, to, to piggyback on your point and just to drive this home, the sheer fact that you're in an interview should be the fact, should give you confidence because recruiters, we're recruiters, we're not really in, I don't have any interest in wasting my time. So if I'm having an interview with a candidate and you have an interview, that means that something has stood out and I, yeah, I'm as the recruiter looking for you to tell me why you should have this job. So like have confidence as you enter into that interview. It's like, Hey, I've already like impressed to some degree, you know? And so go in there uh, with confidence, the sheer fact that you have an interview. And then just one thing I think could help stand, uh, help a candidate stand out is doing research on the company, you know, um, uh, Rod spoke about uh, 
about, you know, doing your homework and preparation that is preparation for yourself of why you, why you're qualified, but also like why you want to work at company XYZ, you know, um, and to be able to give tangible reasons of why you are qualified, not only for the role, uh, and that comes with preparation, but then why you have chosen this company out of all the other companies that want you, you know, but I choose this one. Uh, and this is why to communicate that with confidence. I think it just helps you stand out so much as a candidate in the interview room. Yeah, for sure. And I want to kind of yeah. piggyback off of that. I think um, doing your research, um, you could really think outside the box. So um, a lot of candidates, they might go directly to the website. They might be able to find a little bit of information about a company, maybe the core values and when the company was founded. And that's all great. But is there additional sources that you can utilize? And so maybe there's um, employee testimonials in the form of a video that you can watch. Uh, maybe you can go to the company's investor side if you're really interested in the finances of the company and do some digging on that end. Um, there's Glassdoor. Maybe you'll read some really good reviews um, online about different employees having really positive experiences. Um, there's nudist articles. So anything that you can pull in besides just going to the website, I think is really going to stand out as a candidate. But just make sure that when you are doing this, that you are being organic about this in nature. You're not just listing out all the research that you did. You're giving reasons why um, it's important to you and why it really stood out to you and also making sure it fits within the conversation. Uh, yeah. You don't want to give yeah. like, hey, what? so why do you want to work here? Um, I want to work here because, um, and then reading it, because y'all were founded in 1992 um, and because y'all are located in Fort Worth, Texas on this address, you know, like find a way, uh, part of the practice is figuring out how to also communicate what it is that you find interesting about the, about the position. So that's a great point. Yeah. With resumes, I did have one tip that I want to make sure people are aware of. And it actually relates to the job description. Use the job description as a guide to help you build out your resume. I know I've come across candidates where they just kind of went off on their own and created a resume and they're using this one generic resume to apply to everything out there. And they wonder why they don't get the type of results that they're looking for. You have to, whenever us as recruitment professionals are looking at candidates' resumes. We are also thinking about the different uh, criterias and requirements um, that either the business is looking for or that this particular job is in seek is searching for. And whenever we're looking at resume, there are some key things that we're looking to stand uh, to point out on the resume um, to make us to attract us to this particular candidate. So. I just wanted to, you know, also provide some tips on if you are looking to write a better resume, use that as a guide, use the job description as a guide. You may not have all of the qualifications that's asked in the job description or whatever skill set they're looking for in the job description, but it can definitely help you with crafting out a resume if you want it to be seen on the other side uh, once, once you submit that application. 
All right. Yeah. So that's definitely great advice. Just one piece of advice from me. And I would say, especially I know a lot of students are probably listening to our podcast. So um, be sure to pull out any transferable skills. Uh, So what I mean by that is maybe you're interested in finance and you only have a part-time job at a grocery store and maybe you're the cashier there. Well, you might not necessarily have direct relevant experience in finance. You might be able to show that maybe at the end of the night, you're responsible for accounting the cash register and making sure everything's accurate. Well, although that's not going to be maybe the exact responsibilities you'd have in a corporate finance position, it can definitely show over that there is some transferable skills there. Absolutely. And and of course, we can't talk about resume without... Uh, resume building without going to the the obvious question of how long should it be? You know, how, how long should my resume be? Um, I think that you'll ask this question to eight recruiters. You might get eight different answers. Um, I think it really depends on your experience. And it, it, you probably need to take a long, hard look at an, an honest look at your experience as well. Like if I'm in college, my resume shouldn't be probably longer than a page um because you're also wanting like we spoke to earlier you want it to stick out as much as a piece of paper can you know um you want it to be succinct and to the point but also that shows your skills and so you know if you're in college and you got a six-page resume probably look time to look in the mirror and say you know what maybe Maybe I'm uh, rambling here, you know, <laughs> maybe I need, maybe I can cut it down. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And it, it also depends on the position that you're applying for as well. You know, some positions definitely require a different set of skills. So, you know, if it's more of a, I guess, beginner opportunity or entry level opportunity, the chances are your resume doesn't need to be a 10 page resume um, for those type of positions Um, versus if it's more of a role that's super analytical, data driven, like an engineer, data analyst or economist where, you know, they're looking for a lot more details, a lot more information regarding your skill set, then yeah, you probably will add on another a couple of pages or so just to identify what your experience has been. Um, But again, you know, I think what Hayden pointed out, what Michelle pointed out, all of us has pointed out, you have to apply to your specific situation. You know, you you can't take a one size fit all approach um, when you, whenever you are searching for a job, whether that's with interviewing or or creating a resume, um, you, you try to, crafted and do everything towards the role that you are interviewing for or that you are submitting your resume for. So just keep that in mind. You know, I think, you know, like I said, a lot of the issue is just people just try to take this one size fit all approach uh, whenever it comes to their job search, not really taking it serious enough. And, you know, they sometimes don't get the results that they're looking for, you know? All right. Um, anything else, uh, Michelle Hayden? Either one of you would like to add before we wrap up? Um, real quick, maybe, and we touched on this in the last episode, but 
quick correlations between in-person interviews to uh, virtual interviews. Um, I think there are some things, you know, that would be similar. Uh, for example, you want, if you show up, you want to show up early to an in-person interview. And I would say in the same way for a virtual interview, you want to, you want to be prepared to log in about 10 minutes early because to, to make up for technical difficulties. There's nothing more stressful in the virtual environment. Say you got a meeting, but um, you know, the web, the, the link isn't working. Hey, like, like for our podcast, <laughs> uh, the link's not working. You don't know why. Uh, so you build in some time there to, um, to a buffer time to get prepared. You're not stressed. You're prepared. You're good to go. Uh, dress like you would for an in-person interview, even though you're in your basement and um, yeah, make your bed if you're in your bedroom and, and, and um, Maybe take down the beer signs. Um, keep it professional. Um, and yeah, just make sure you're in a well-lit um, and well-lit room and also in an environment where you're not going to get distracted. So probably don't want to be in the middle of a frat party um, with all this stuff going on around you. <laughs> so. All right, there it is. Thank you again for tuning in to send me your resume and don't forget to send me your resume. Thanks. All right, take care. On behalf of the send me your resume team, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed the information that was shared and that it may be beneficial to you. If you have any questions or feedback regarding this episode, please email intern at gmfinancial.com or leave us a comment. We encourage you to follow or subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications for new episodes. Until next time, be safe and don't forget to send me your resume.